Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, All right, we're going to switch gears completely and talk about a really important conversation. We're going to talk about some new data that came out this week that's pretty concerning. Actually, it's quite concerning. Our next guest uh, was behind some surveys and, and some research looking into this and found that half of Canadian men meet the diagnosis of clinical depression and a third of Canadian men Think about suicide or self-harm every week. Really alarming numbers. So to talk about that, we have Dr. John Ogrodnichuk, a professor of psychiatry and founder of the Heads Up Guys Men's Health Program at the University of British Columbia. Uh, Doctor, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Shay. You know, those headline numbers, they're, they're really shocking. So let's break it down a bit here. First of all, um, who, like, what age groups, what demographic, who are we talking about in terms of who participated in this survey? Well, I think that's important to clarify. So this was a survey of men in the workplace. So I think we need to keep that context in mind when we think about the results and and how they can generalize. But uh, we, what we really wanted to do is kind of take a sort of a, a, the temperature of, of men's mental health in the workplace, knowing that, you know, we got a pretty serious problem when it comes to men's mental health, you know, th- 75% of suicide deaths are by men uh in not only in Canada but in most nations and the status quo is not working mm-hmm. you know we're not having conversations about it we're not thinking differently about uh what we can do and we know from a lot of research that while the workplace can contribute to mental health challenges of people, it also has immense potential for being uh, a support structure for for supporting men's health or, or and everyone's health for that matter. So we wanted to just see, you know, how are men in the workplace doing? What are the, some of the factors that might be contributing to it? And what are they saying about what they actually need uh, as far as support and resources in the workplace to be better? And you make such, I mean, it makes perfect sense if you think about how the workplace and mental health go hand in hand. I mean, for so many of us, the workplace is, uh, you know, it, it, it's one of the predominant features in our lives. We spend so much time there and it, it's so involved in what we do. So it makes perfect sense that it's going to affect uh, affect our, our mental health and also it could be a resource. I mean, it's that big of a part of our lives, isn't it? Absolutely, and that's exactly why we did it. And you know, for for most uh, adults, where do we spend the majority of our waking time? At work, right? And, and so it's like it seems natural that we look to the workplace as uh, uh, you know having, like I said, that that potential to actually contribute to our wellness rather than being a, a deterrent to it. Um, and. You know, I'm just thinking about it. Like you say, we spend so much time there. It's so much of who we are when it's not good. When the workplace is a detriment to your mental health, that can probably be more of a factor than anywhere else in life almost, right, in terms of how much of an impact that can have. Absolutely. You know, it's... You know, for example, in the survey, we found that a third, nearly a third of the people were saying they're burned out. Mm-hmm. And in fact, 35% were saying they dread going to work. Now, just 
think about that. And it's like, this is where you spend most of your waking time and you dread going there. So just imagine what that does to your, to your sense of self and sense of purpose and, and you feel absolutely depleted from that. And, and that's going to have knock on effects. You know, we don't go in and out the door of work and we just kind of leave stuff behind. We, we carry that stuff around yeah. uh, all day, every day. You know, when, when we talk about men and mental health, and I'm wondering, you know, we talk about it more than we ever have before, but probably nowhere near enough. Is uh, How much of this is still the fact that men just don't talk about this? We, we, we suck it up. We be men. And uh, you know what I mean? How much of that has still carried over? Well, I think it's still there quite a bit. You know, there's the socialized aspect, you know, to be a real man, you yeah. got, you got to tough it out, be stoic, don't show any weakness or vulnerability, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's still there. It's quite prominent. But I would say, you know, over the last number of years, and in fact, the period of COVID, I think actually helped. Uh, it is changing. There, you know, over the pandemic, there is more and more sort of public conversations about mental health in general, the importance of reaching out, getting help. And I think a lot of men are listening. You know, my, for example, my, my private practice has always had a fair number of men, but over the pandemic, it's been exclusively men. Hmm. And I think it's been actually supported by the fact that, you know, virtual uh, avenues for receiving help have helped. You know, I've got guys calling from their basement, their garage, yep. their truck on a walk and a little cubby on a construction site. And I guarantee you, not one of those guys would have walked through my door before. No, you make an excellent point. You're so, you're so right. Um, do you anticipate now that we're seeing COVID do whatever it does? And, and I won't dare say end. Um, but will that carry over in your practice? Is that going to become sort of the standard for people who want to use that option and find it more accessible? Will that open a door to more mental health support? I, I think it will. You know, most people I know, including myself, are, are seeing people in person again, and, and people are coming uh, for that. But there's still a ton of people. And it's like, you know, this the video therapy, if you want to call yeah. it, you know, while it has some limitations, of course, the just the uh, flexibility that it offers people is immense. And I think, you know, there's... Uh, just incredible potential to reach people in places that they, you know, without the video option, they never will go and get help. We talk about, uh, you know, the work that you're doing, sort of how it relates to the workplace. And, and you mentioned earlier that the workplace can be a, a form of support, or we can at least incorporate that into the workplace. Uh, what are you talking about? What does that look like? How can we make it, you know, if it is a drag on our mental health, how can we turn that around? Well, there's a lot of things that we can start doing in the workplace to help, you know, that's things like uh, just, and, and this is directly from the respondents, they want more conversations about mental health at work. You know, it's, you know, people are hurting. A lot of people recognize that they're hurting. Sometimes they don't, but most times they do. And they, they want to know, you know, how do I actually access a support and services? And the workplace is a great place to, you know, provide that segue to, to helpful resources. And so there's that. Uh, it's, you know, the workplace, one of the fundamental needs that we all have is to, to be respected, uh, and, and accepted by others for who we are, not only for what we do. And so if employment places treat people with respect and dignity and show genuine care, people feel 
just generally better about themselves. And I know that may sound really simple and and uh, not so profound, but it is actually really important just to be respected for who you are, as a, you know, as a decent human being. And, you know, there are a lot of workplaces that I have visited them, and that doesn't always happen. Yeah. Um, be careful how I, how I say this. In what would we we would consider predominantly male workplaces and we all know they exist and you can mm-hmm. you can say whatever they want to be um is it because i know where i work mental health especially during the pandemic has been an ongoing discussion and um the people the powers that be down in toronto have made sure we all know about the supports that are available and i've seen it mm-hmm. in other companies as well um has that translated to as we would say male dominated industries or is there still that barrier that exists there no, I think it really has. And in fact, you know, oh, I'll, I'll say one of the industries, construction, you know, for example, in BC here, there's the BC uh, Construction Safety Association, something like this. They reached out and they say, look, you know, a lot of the people that work in our industry are male. There's a lot of issues that we're dealing with. We want to help them. And so they've, they've put a lot of effort and resources into doing that. You know, are they where they want to be? No, but right. they're actually putting in the effort. So, so I think it is translating into those industries. I mean, I guess the goal ultimately, and, and, and last one for you here is if we can get it to where a guy who breaks his wrist or, uh, you know, is sick will phone in and say, I'm sick. Um, if we can get mental health into the same category to say, you know what, I can't do it today. I need to go to the doctor. I need to get some help. If we can translate that from our physical health to our mental health, that's ultimately where we want to get, right? Absolutely. Health is health. And so you're absolutely right. You break your leg, you you hurt your back or whatever, you go and get help. The same thing when we have what I would say, you know, psychological injury injuries. And so, you know, when you know you're not operating at your best, you know, rather than trying to tough it out, which rarely, if ever, works, yeah. reach out and for help. That's you being active. That's you be taking control. That's you wanting to be better. There is absolutely no shame in that. In fact, you should feel proud that you're you're actually looking after yourself. Uh, last one here, and I, I, I said I'd let you go, but it's a good one. And I know it was in the research that I read yesterday. Somebody saying how many of these stressed out and depressed people are self-medicating, which isn't good. That's part of the findings too. A lot, right? Yeah, it is. You know, we we had like over forty percent of the respondents indicating that you know they they're engaged in some form of hazardous drinking, yeah. and and you know that is a very common issue for people when when they don't know where to reach out for help when they want to numb the pain if they feel too much shame reaching out and so they retreat within, yeah. and you know while you know if you if you drink or smoke or whatever the pain may go away temporarily. But it's always worse later because you feel worse about yourself mm-hmm. that you can't get over it, so to speak. And yeah. so it is a real big issue. Yeah, the problem's still there, and, and now you may Absolutely. have created another one on top of it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Dr. Agrodnichuk, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.